I just want to do a little recap for a moment and remind us of where we've been going this year in terms of some of our preaching and some of the important values and strengths that we've been uh, placing in front of us. We value and we really uphold the Bible as the Word of God. And we've encouraged us all to, to dig deep into that Bible and make it our daily portion to read it. And through reading the Scripture, we connect with the world of the Spirit. And that's someone and something else we value, is to be in the power and flow of the Holy Spirit. And when we're in the Word of God, we connect with the Spirit through the Word, because the Spirit and the Word go together. So we value both of those. We value prayer. We value prayer in and by the Holy Spirit. We value this sense of intercession. uh, We talked about our prayer meetings being like the maternity ward, where there's this groaning and sighing too deep for words. And I have to say that since we've been talking about these things, there's been a, a steady rise in the temperature in our times of praying and worship and in our appreciation of the Word and in our engagement with the Holy Spirit. And that's tremendous. And it's in that vein that we want to continue this morning. We said our Rima verse for the year was this. Men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. And we preached that verse twice. Once as a kind of Rima word and then the other one in context. The other one in context to talk about the writing and inspiration of Scripture and the tremendous power it is to know and to apply God's Word in our lives. And the other is a kind of a prophetic word that just as those people were moved by the Holy Spirit to speak from God and write the Scripture, we too, all of us, everyone together, can be moved by the Holy Spirit. And we can uh, speak for God. And that little coffee card is just another way this week where we can speak out for the Lord and invite somebody moved by the Holy Spirit. And another value we have there was that We said that word men, we just took it to be general. This is not posh people or educated people or special people. It includes everybody, uh, posh or not, educated or not. Everybody can be moved by the Holy Spirit and speak from God. And we value this sense that every one of us is a minister. Every one of us is a pastor. Every one of us is able to be called, chosen, anointed, and used by God for his service. Will you turn to the person next to you and shake their hand like this? John, you should come here. Can you please copy after me and say this? Hello, vicar. <laughs> You're sitting next to a minister of God. Did you know that? This room is full of vicars today. Vicars and vicaresses, pastors and pastoras. Come on, why don't you say this after me? I am a minister of God. Ready? I am a minister of God. Now let's say it again like we really know that and mean it. Ready? One, two, three. I am a minister of God. You're all wearing dog collars in the spirit this morning. Did you know that? You are all enabled and equipped by the Lord to serve him and work on him. So this morning, I want to continue to speak about the power of the Holy Spirit at work in people's lives. And Just for something different this morning, I want to read to you and speak to you from a new book of the Bible. Some of you obviously feel that's a little bit of a strange thing to announce this morning because uh, you are good Bible students and you will know you can't have new books of the Bible. The, The 66 books of the Bible were fixed and laid down and agreed on centuries and centuries ago. Please, if you're listening to the message, do not switch off now. (laughs) 
please, if you're listening, do not leave now, or you're going to go thinking that I've uh, introduced some terrible heresy that, uh, that is going to bring error to us all. Keep listening, and you'll see where we're going with this. But I want to show you a new book of the Bible today. And here it is. It's, you're going to find this new book in the Bible. It's in there, and it's hidden away amongst the other books. And just a few days ago, I was, uh, I was actually getting out of the car, and the Holy Spirit just arrested me as I was opening the door and stopped me and spoke to me. And he said something like this to me. He said, well, I won't tell you what he said quite yet, because I'll read to you a little bit, and then you can find out in a moment. But he did show me where this new book of the Bible was and how to find it. Does anybody else want to find out what this mystery is and come with me on this? Okay. Well, I'm going to read you a simple passage from the Bible to get the feel and the flavor of where this is all going. So this is from the book of Acts, chapter 17. I'm going to read the first eight verses. I think we have them uh, coming up on the screen. Acts, chapter 17, verse 1. When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue. And on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus, I am proclaiming to you, is the Messiah, he said. And some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. But other Jews were jealous. So they rounded up some of the bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the other believers before the city officials, shouting, These men who've caused trouble all over the world have now come here, and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They're all defying Caesar's decree, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Let's pray, shall we? Father, breathe your breath of life on us now. Speak by the anointing of the Holy Spirit to our hearts. Capture our imaginations. Capture some passion and fire and stir up, fan into flame. Breathe fresh life on us through your word today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, verse 6 is a particular favorite of mine. And this is how the worldwide evangelistic uh, testament puts it like this. These men have turned the world upside down. Now they've come here also. These men have turned the world upside down. Now, during the American uh, Civil War, as you know, there was a conflict between the North, the so-called Yankees, and the uh, South, the Johnny Rebs, or the Confederates. Just ask Jared which side should have won, if you want to know which side he, should, he would have been on. And the South had some famous generals. One was called Robert E. Lee, Another one was called General Stonewall Jackson. 
And General Stonewall Jackson in the 1860s, I think it was, led a very famous campaign called the Valley Campaign. And as it suggests, he was in a valley somewhere. And one day he, he's in this valley and there's a large river in the middle of the valley and he, he stops all the troops and he says, we need to be on the other side of that river. So he calls the engineers that they have in, in, in any army situation and he says, right, we've got to get all these men, all these horses, all these wagons, all these guns, everything from this side of the river to that side of the river. I'd like you to plan and build me a bridge. Then he called together the wagon master, the guy who was in charge of the wagons and, and mustering and getting together all of these soldiers and making sure it all kept moving. And he said to him, wagon master, he said, you see this river? We're on the wrong side of it. He said, I want to get everybody across the other side as quickly as possible. We're vulnerable while we're here. We need to cross as quick as we can. So off went uh, the engineers and off went uh, the, the, the wagon master. And the wagon master organized his guys to get some planks and logs and whatever they could find, old fences and bits of old railway line and, and everything like that to get this thing together. And then when General Jackson comes out of his tent, he's shocked because the wagon master comes up to him and says, well, it's all done. Everybody's on the other side of the river. We've just got to move you now. He said, what? Well, where are the engineers? Where are the bridge? He said, I don't know. They're still in their tent making a plan. He just did it while they were still planning. While they were still talking about it, this wagon master hadn't realized they were supposed to get on with it perhaps so much. He just got on with it himself, and suddenly he got the whole lot over from one side of the river to the other. Now, as I was getting out of the car the other day, and I opened the door, and I felt the Holy Spirit say these words to me. He said, Clive, Instead of reading the Acts of the Apostles, go and read the actions of the Apostles. And this is the new book I want to talk to you about. And this is the title of my message today. This is called The Actions of the Apostles. And I felt the Holy Spirit stir me up inside to, to, to impress on me this sense that we often read of the Acts of the Apostles, what the Apostles um, accomplished through the Holy Spirit. But I felt the Lord say to me, well, look at the actions of the apostles. Read the book again. And this time, look at what they did in order for those acts to come about. Look at how they did things in order to encourage the life of the Spirit in them so that they could move in the Spirit so that the Spirit's will and action could be carried out, and we would end up with the Acts of the Apostles. And that's what they actually did. They did those things, and today we have our book called The Acts of the Apostles. But today I'd like to introduce you to this new book called The Actions of the Apostles. Now, I just need to point something out to you. Normally, you expect a certain kind of sermon from me to be of a reasonably long period of time and to have three main points in it, all starting with the same letter. Well, you're not going to get that kind of sermon this morning. This message has one point in it, which will be emphasized in the conclusion. But I've also got 32 main points 
to share with you this morning. That got an interesting reaction. (laughs) 32-point sermon. And what's more, they all start with the same letter. Just to help you remember them all. And what's more, they all start with the same word. So you can really remember them all. And what's even more, I've got them all printed on a list for you. So you can take them away and stick it to your fridge with some magnets or put it on your notice board or keep it in your Bible and really, really remember these 32 points. By the way, we're going to be finished quite quickly. Because in order to get through these 32 points, I'm just going to read them off as a list and that's going to be my message this morning. All you're going to get today is a list and this simple thought, the actions of the apostles. Now, the reason that we're looking at it like this is so that we can do the same. I want to challenge you and encourage you this week to do what I did. I've been reading through uh, the Old Testament, and then recently I thought, I need to read the Gospels again. So I've just gone through Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And right at the end of Luke, I thought, well, John is next on the page, so I'll go into John. And it was at that moment that the Lord spoke to me and said, reread the Acts of the Apostles as the actions of the Apostles. And any Bible scholars here will know that Luke also wrote Acts, and Luke Acts is kind of two volumes of the same work. They're meant to go together. So I skip past John. I'll come back and do that when I've finished Acts. Nearly there. But I went on to read the book of Acts. Today, I want to encourage you, as part of the conclusion of this message, to take my sheet away with you and read the actions of the apostles this week. You'll need to do several chapters a day. It might take you a couple of weeks to get through. But I encourage you to read the actions of the apostles. And when you do, this is the list you will discover. And this is the kind of people you will find you are reading about. And this is the kind of lifestyle you will pick up as you read this book. And I would encourage you, read your chapters from Acts And then read this list every day and compare the two. And you'll probably find even more actions in there than I quickly listed for you in this list of 32 points. So are you ready for your 32-point sermon to begin right now? Here is a list of some of the actions of the apostles. They met with Jesus a lot. They prayed, and they fasted, and they worshipped a lot. They completed the twelve straight away. They got filled with the Holy Spirit a lot. They moved in the gifts of the Holy Spirit a lot. They preached a lot. They witnessed a lot. They had those little coffee cards. Do you know the sort of thing I mean? They take one out every day. They did miracles and healings a lot. They cast out demons a lot. They spoke from the Bible all the time. They got people saved a lot. 
They met with each other a lot. They met in homes a lot. They gave materially and monetarily. Can you say that? They gave their money and their things, their stuff, a lot. It included land and property as well. This was generous, big. They devoted themselves to the ministry of prayer and the word, a lot. They released new ministries, a lot. They broke with tradition all the time. And a lot, Margaret, either will do. They were bold with people, especially the authorities. Always. They out-argued their detractors by knowing the Bible better. A lot. They saw some of their fiercest opponents saved at times. They lived completely different lives to the culture around them all the time. They challenged everything that was contrary to Christ all the time. They got into trouble a lot. They set up churches a lot. They went out into new places and into new people groups a lot. They, sh- they shook the dust off their feet when they were rejected a lot. They kept going and pressed on through hardship and opposition constantly. They gave up all for the sake of knowing and serving Christ constantly. They put up with hardship and lack for the sake of spreading the gospel constantly. They outthought, outfought, outtalked, outdied, and outlasted all their opponents constantly. And number 32. They turned the world upside down forever, 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 forever. These are just some of the actions of the apostles. Welcome to a new book of the Bible that was there all the time, hidden in the 66 books. Would you like to read it afresh and have another look and see the action that they took? This is what they did to get themselves moving in the Holy Spirit. And this is what they did when they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of these actions is what we know today, as we said earlier, the Acts of the Apostles. Remember the key verse that I mentioned earlier. These men have turned the world upside down. Now they have come here also. 
Would you like that to be said of you? Now they have come here also. What an awesome, fearsome reputation. There is nothing more powerful in this world than a life lived differently for Christ, than a life filled with and empowered by the Holy Spirit, than a life dedicated to obedience to the Word of God and prayer and fasting and worship. There is no better life. There is no defense. There is no stronger argument. There is no more powerful um, witness in this world than a life lived taking those kind of actions. Here we find in the actions of the apostles men and women of action and men and women who end up doing acts. Now, over the decades, I've heard many believers and many sermons all saying they long to see us living in the book of Acts today. And that's a great sermon and a great message. That's the crown jewels of the Christian life, to live now like they lived in their day. It doesn't get any more wonderful, any more challenging, any more amazing, any better than that. That's what people in churches look to when they're looking to see revival and restoration in our nation, in our cities, in ourselves. Oh, oh, that we could live with the same passion, the same purity, and the same power. There's your three sermon points all starting with the same letter in case you really want one of those this morning. That we could live with the same passion and purity and power. We could ask ourselves the same question that those preachers and believers have asked over the last 30, 40 years that I've been listening to sermons. Do we want to start living in the book of Acts today? Do I want to be living in the book of Acts today? Well, the answer is this. If I want to see that, I need to take some action. Because you don't get acts without action. But if I take the action the apostles did, I will see the acts of the apostles in my lifetime. Amen? Well, the other day I read to my cell an account of two young women, teenagers, who did just that. Let me just abbreviate and tell you that story today. Back in the end of the 1980s, some European pastors were visiting China And they'd heard so much about the the church in China and the persecution and how under persecution the church had flourished underground and had grown incredibly. And they, they they started off in Hong Kong and they got taken around to see some churches and basically the response was very nice, but where's where's what we really came to see? Well, on the last day there, the pastor knew they were looking for something more, and he said, I think I've got something that could help you here. And he introduced them to two young 
women. And these two young women had become Christians, and for six months they'd read their Bible and got stirred up and inspired by God to take some action. And they went to this pastor, and they said, Pastor, we want to go, like Jesus said, and take the gospel somewhere. And he said, well, what's wrong with where you live? And he tried to convince them to stay in their hometown and preach the gospel. He said, well, Jesus didn't say that. He said to go with the gospel, so we want to go. And we won't take no for an answer. And these are just teenagers. And so they pestered him. And in the end, he said, well, okay, um, there's a place called Hainan Island. And they said, never heard of it. He said, well, it's, a, it's, it's got no church there at all. It's, it's a village community full of fishermen. And they've got no witness there. It's a tough place, especially for two young women. They won't like you. You won't like it. They said, this is where God's telling us to go. We're going to go. He said, well, okay, well, then we better send you off to missionary school and Bible school and, and, and do some training and cross-cultural um, uh, stuff. He said, well, no, we, 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 Pastor, you've got this wrong. We're going now. Jesus has spoken to us, so we're going now. He said, you can't go now. You're just teenagers, and you need the, the theology of this. You need the five theological principles of the Great Commission in the New Testament. And they just said, Pastor, the Spirit of God is speaking to us to go now. So with no preparation and no training, they've been saved just six months, and all they've done is read their Bible and pray and call out on the Holy Spirit and be led and guided by him. This pastor, despite all his best efforts to persuade them otherwise, sent them off to Hainan Island. And for two years they'd been there, and he'd not seen them at all. So he said to these European missionaries, well, I'll, I'll introduce you to these two young church planters of ours. And he arranged them to come to their hotel, well, the hotel was smart and posh, and all the people in the foyer wear fancy, crisp you know, uniforms. And the guests come in equally smart and posh. And in come these two girls dressed in black, like fishermen's pajama-type things they wear in the fields you know, and on the ships. And they've got these pointy hats, and they just look completely out of place. And immediately, one of the smart hotel staff starts to walk over them and say, I think you've got the wrong place, dear. However you say that in your best Chinese. And... He runs across to them. He said, they're with me. It's all right. And he takes them in up to his hotel room. And he starts to ask them questions in front of these pastors. And he said, um, how have you been getting on the last two years? He said, well, it, it's been a bit tough. The people have been against us. The, the men were horrible to us and really rude to us and, and kind to us. And the women, they didn't like us because we're young. They thought we were perhaps coming to take some of their men away and get a husband from the island or whatever it may be. And, 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 and so we've, we've had a pretty tough time there. So, well, well, how? And so one of the, the European mission, uh, pastors said, well, ask them how they've done with church planting. How many church have you planted? So eventually, they said, well, not pastor, we've only been there two years. We haven't done that well. You know, we, how many have you planted? You know, 13. 13 churches in two years. What? 13 churches in two years. And, and, and they started talking amongst them. And the interpreter said, no, no, pastor, you misheard that. It's 30, not 13. They've planted 30 churches in two years. And then one of these other missionaries said, well, ask them how many people are in these churches. Said, well, we've got one of about 220. I said, wow, that's a really good number. I said, Pastor, I'm really sorry. It's not very many. We've only been there two years. And they kept apologizing. It took him a long time to get these answers out of them. So they say, well, Pastor, it's only 220. We're really sorry. It's not very... 220? I wish I could have 220 in some of my churches, with what these European pastors were saying. And they said, well, that's only one of the small ones. We've got some bigger than that. 
And so the pastor from Europe nudges you. He said, well, pastor, ask them how many they've got in their biggest church. So, oh, oh, pastor, we're really sorry. Said, Let's not go through all this. Just tell me how many you've got. Well, it's not quite 5,000. It's 4,900 and something. 4,900. Well, pastor, we're really sorry. We haven't been there very long. You know, it's only two years. I mean, give us a chance to get started. And it was hard work, and there was no church there before. Listen, two teenagers... Two years, six months saved, managed to start 30 churches ranging from 220 to nearly 5,000. That's called the actions of the apostles. That's called living now like we're living in the book of Acts. You don't get to do that by sitting in front of the TV or playing video games. You don't get to do that by living a regular, ordinary, comfortable life like everybody else does, but just being a Christian as well. Something extra is needed. Something to do with those 32 points I gave you in my 32-point sermon just now. Well, in the end, these pastors ended up crying and weeping on the floor at the amazing things that God had done through two young teenage women who are prepared to live now like they're already in the book of Acts. Earlier on, I gave you a, a bit of a homework concept or idea or challenge. Could you do what I've been doing this last week and read the book of Acts, but read it as the actions of the apostles? Now, in a moment, you're going to be given a little piece of paper like this. And here are those 32 points on the piece of paper for you to take away and help you read it. anybody willing to join me in reading Acts this week with that piece of paper? If you are, I want to see your hand up now. You don't have to. There's no compulsion on you at all. But if you want to, please put your hand up. Awesome. God bless you all. May it be a blessed and amazing week as I'm having just excitedly reading it and reading the kind of lifestyle I can have in the Lord. When I felt the Lord speak to me, in getting out of the car that morning a couple of weeks ago. I felt there was one thing behind it, as well as reading this new book of the Bible, The Actions of the Apostles. And it's this, that it's time to do something. It's time to take action. Action about what we've talked about, thought about, dreamed about, and longed to see happen. It's time for action. Now, if you want to take a simple lesson from nature, think of the turtle. All right? He only makes progress when he sticks his neck out. And if we want to make progress and go forward, we're going to have to be like a turtle, come out of our shell and stick our neck out like this. Here's a quotation to finish with. The great composer does not set to work because he is inspired, but, because in, but becomes inspired because he is working. Bach, Beethoven, Wagner, Mozart settle down day after day to their job with as much regularity as an accountant settles down each day 
in his figures. They didn't waste time waiting for inspiration. They worked, and out of their work, they found inspiration. It's time for action in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Okay, let's pray. I'm going to pray, and then afterwards I'm going to give you one little notice just to show you we are as good as our word. Some of you stood, which is good. If you want to stand before the Lord to make your own response before him, you're welcome to. Whatever is in your heart to stand before the Lord with. Father, today we thank you for the acts of the apostles and the actions of the apostles. We thank you that at their hands, miracles took place. When their feet went out of the house, they took the good news with them. Their knees were digging in the floor in prayer and in worship. When they didn't eat their meals and fasted, the Holy Spirit was with them. When they worshipped, heaven came down and the Spirit of God was there. When they met together, there was power and passion and purity and purpose and fire. God, would you put it in our hearts today to be of like spirit and mind as them, that we love meeting with you, that we love encountering you in your word and by the Holy Spirit, that we love the things of God. We love to pray and fast and be near to you, that we love to meet together and speak the Bible to each other and speak faith to one another. And we love to share Christ with a dying, lost, needy, sinful, going to hell generation around us. Because that's truly what we're standing in the midst of today. God, we pray, give us holy boldness like those two young women to say, now is the appointed time. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the hour. Now is the time to stand up and be counted. Now is the time to go with the gospel to my neighbor, to my friend at work, to the person at the bus stop, to the, to the ends of the earth maybe. But now is the time to take action because we believe in you. We believe in your word. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe in this message of eternal life. We believe in our calling that we're all men and women called to serve the living God. Father, I pray now by your spirit, breathe passion and purpose and purity and power on us now that we can partake in the actions of the apostles and see the acts of the apostles in our lives. Come now, Holy Spirit, and burn these things in us, we pray, and seal these things in us in the name of Jesus.